Good morning. It is December 19th, 2020. We got Frank Karras here, lead snow ranger at the Mount Washington Avalanche Center. Good morning, Frank. Morning, Andrew. How you doing? Doing well. We're coming off of this December 17th storm that really absolutely threw down in some spots of New England. I think we're when you start start getting into the 40 inch range for a 24 hour storm, it's it's pretty wild and uh, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you could say it missed us here. We got four inches down, four yeah. to five inches here in Jackson. And um, I was just pulling up the summit data, and you said that they had four inches, but they were reporting, um, yeah, trace amounts, 2.2 inches, like not much. No, they, we, we ended up collecting five inches at Hermit Lake, and uh, by the end of it, you know, they they got just a. I thought around that if I added it up because I, you know, one thing with the the uh, F6 for this particular storm is that the 10% rule that didn't really work. So they, um, you know, it was much lower density. So I used something closer to what the Hermit Lake snow plot got, which was seven and a half percent snow. So you know, the the trick and probably what you're doing here is in the. Uh, um, in the hourlies, if you move the decimal point over, you know, you can convert the water to snowfall amount. Um, and in this case, it just didn't, it's not 10% snow, it's more like 7.5%. Though, though, if they, maybe they got even less than I thought, um, but you have to be careful when you look at the F6 data for the day, because you may have needed to add add some from the previous day, depending on the yeah. hours of their collection. Uh, agree. It just it just kind of stands out when you look at it that you see trace two point two trace. Um, and and I'll link oh, to I'll, I'll I'll link to all this stuff in the notes for those. We're going to talk a little bit about weather data and where to find it, so that you can start making your own interpretations. And it's just a good tool, like a storm that we had this ultra light low density snow that we talked about, a, you know, in the last podcast about how we usually have this 10% density, but this one was a little lighter, huh? Yeah, and you know, it's seven and a half versus 10% does not seem like a lot, but um, the reality is, is uh, you know, almost any snow that you get is gonna be between, you know, at the extreme light, like 6%, which would be just, that'd be the kind of snow that would be hard to ski tour in because you'd be in up to your thighs, you know, that's like, touring and facets basically up to like a maritime storm with real heavy snow might be 12 percent um so so those that's that's the the range you know for us it's 10 percent plus or minus a percent typically um you know even western snowfalls until you get at real real high altitudes you know the rule of thumb generally is snow is going to be about 10 percent water um, this one for us was was much less. It was sixty nine millimeters per. And when and as as we nerd out a little bit just on this last storm, the other you know anomaly about this was the the wind speeds. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, super low wind speeds. You know this this tracked well to our south, so the pressure. Um, you know the isotherm or isobars were pretty spread out, meaning basically we were pretty far from um, 
the low pressure system that's drawing this air into the system. So the uh, you know we got a little bit of east winds in the 20 to 30 mile an hour range before it shifted north, um, and then um, you know it was just really calm for us. Uh, that being said, you know we did have it was low density snow, so it did get some wind effect even at those low wind speeds. Um, and uh, which probably is what led uh, or, or contributed to that avalanche uh, that occurred on Pinnacle, which is the other point uh, we wanted to talk about. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Some some climbers trying to get in get in there during the storm cycle. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. As we've talked about, I think on this before, you know, the kind of the the red flags. If you heed those, you, you it'll avoid ninety percent of your avalanche problems. Um, and one of the red flags is, um, you know, avalanches are likely to occur during a and or within 24 hours of a storm. So um, it's really likely that this uh, pocket that they triggered below on the approach to a route, uh, an ice climbing route called Pinnacle Gully, um, it's in uh, Huntington Ravine. It's a pretty steep, um, pretty steep climb and notorious for uh, a slab approaching the first first pitch where snow flows down the ice climb really and forms uh, a slab that, that thickens and becomes cohesive right there at the bottom of the first pitch. The second pitch is uh, a low angle slab that also gets the same kind of effect. And, you know, oftentimes our wind slabs um, that occur here are just from that snow piling up from steep terrain, you know, so below a cliff, it's not unusual at all to have um, a slab built up. So despite, you know, only having probably, I'm assuming at the time they triggered it, three or four inches of snow, um, that, that snow, you know, you could multiply by a factor of five pretty conservatively. Um, and that was possibly what they were, uh, what they triggered. This was a very small pocket. Sounds like uh, maybe just from what we gathered somewhere in the 10 feet across neighborhood, but that's third hand at this point. Um, in any case, it was a small small avalanche, but they were carried and, and uh, tumbled. Uh, at least one of them was. So it sounds like he, he went through the Maytag to a certain extent, though only for 100 feet or so. Um, so don't unfortunately don't have many other details than that. Um, they had talked to, conveyed this to the Harvard cabin caretaker, um, and uh, they were kind of in shock when they when they got down there and very surprised what had happened. They immediately turned around, obviously uh, after they got avalanched, and um, you know left for the day. <laughs> Decided to come back later, I suppose, but. Um, a takeaway um, for us from this is that, uh, you know, our need to get this information from people um, more directly. Um, so just a reminder to folks out there, if you get involved in any sort of avalanche, please, please submit it to our observation section on our website that will be posted for everyone to see. Um, so you can do it anonymously if you want as well. Um, we love to uh, to get as many details as we can. You know, that really just helps the community learn about these things, um, 
have some sort of teachable moment, you know, to take away. So um, any <clears throat> any info we can get is good um, to that end too. We're we're actually working on a a form that we're gonna um, based on the Forest Service Avalanche reporting form for incidents, but we're going to make a little easier to use version to leave with the caretakers as a hard copy. Um, and that uh, that will be available hopefully within the, hopefully pretty soon. And I think that'll just encourage folks like if there's, you know, new caretakers or honestly it's, it's hard to remember everything that you, all the information you're trying to, to get from someone in the moment. So it'll serve as a, a prompt for people to submit, you know, as much detail as they can about the avalanche regarding the, you know, crown size and width and height and, um, you know, what any kind of snowpack characteristics they can think of um, or, or that they recall or, or uh, data that they gather when they're there. Um, so we'll, we want to try and make it accessible for anybody who's never had an avalanche course to, to somebody who might be a, you know, professional guide or avalanche instructor. Um, and just a reminder, those observations is a, are a great place to uh, to get information. So I think you had a question about that earlier, Andrew. Or... Right. Um, yeah. So I was, just to touch on that again, it's like if you look at that ahead of time before you go out, you, sort, you'll, you can figure out um, some items that you might want to capture and record if you do see signs of an avalanche as well or you want to report something um, out when you're going out for your tour just so that keep it fresh in your mind to submit um, quality observations for the avalanche center it's super helpful as you were mentioned for yourself and others and it just it's more data points to to learn from and to get this general story of what's yeah. happening with our um, snowpack yeah yeah, you know, I think um, we're going to, well, we also have some of the snow rangers will submit, you know, all of us use that as a tool. So you'll get stuff from us as well. Uh, right now we've got at least a couple there from avalanche instructors who get out pretty regularly and uh, submitting stuff. So go there, everyone, go check it out. All right. So aside from that, you know, obvious hazard red flags being out there in the storm um, in some of these areas that are, you know, obviously an avalanche terrain, and, and some people might not think of some of the ice climbing. If you're coming from a ski background, you might not think about um, the heads up of just general mountaineering and, and avalanche protocol, but it applies, to, it applies to everyone. With this light density snow, some of the other concerns that we had were just what's under there. And we we're pretty we're well aware that we're below probably where we were last year. I think if you can look up on the Hermit Lake snow, snow plot data, you're going to see that we had about two and a half feet of snowpack this time last year. And right now we're just like a little over a foot. Um, and, and what's under there. And it's like, well, if you've spent any time on the Sherby in the summertime, um, or late spring, you know, there's all the water bars, there's, there's rocks that get kicked up, you know, um, stub st stumps and, and branches and, and tons of hazards. And so if you go out there trying to force skiing when, uh, it's not quite not quite there yet or able to be skied in a way that you probably want to ski it that you're just really putting yourself at risk I mean Hillary uh, my, my girlfriend she went out Nordic skiing and sort of wrecked herself because she was trying to ski something that 
was uh, post hold. Um, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, and it's just a quick way to, to take yourself out of the season for a, a little bit, if not longer. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're looking for some, some conditions reports, yeah. what, what, what did you see up there um, yesterday? Or what have you, what have you heard? Well, yeah, currently, currently, uh, Nathan was up yesterday, our intern, um, and provided a great observation about, uh, you know, general conditions up in the, in our prime avalanche train, but also the Sherburn. And, uh, really it's just early, you know, it's, uh, the Sherburn is one of the best places for early season skiing because it does, you know, by and large, there's not a ton of boulders except for those just below Hermit Lake, really as we get up to elevation and it's fairly smooth but that being said like more and more people are hitting it hard really early so that just helps rake off the snow that there remains combined with you know the recent construction of the bridges over the last couple of years really churned up a, a fair amount of you know softball size rocks and and right now they're like they're either on the surface or an inch or two below low density snow so this is, uh, it is not time to ski out of my buck. Um, maybe I'm just old and, and conservative. <laughs> frail, uh, uh, I don't think so. I think, I think even you're on this page with me. I have a low, I have uh, this low level anxiety cause I'm renting gear out to some of these avalanche courses and I'm, I'm just scratching my head being like, why are you making them take their ski gear up? Yeah, it is not. I would not do that. I think, uh, there was a report from another, um, avalanche instructor, I think, gosh, it was this week. It was after the storm, but they walked down, they ski, skinned up, and then ended up skiing a little bit, and then um, walked down. Yeah, I think that was Tyler Falk from uh, East Coast Avalanche. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's not the game is not on right now. This is a good time to go find whatever, you know, go to Mount Escutney or. What are, what are all those ones down in like Connecticut and Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, that's where it all that's where it's happening now. Absolutely, three feet of snow. Well, it's a good it's uh, a good opportunity for all these you know a lot of people in their backyard to just go yeah go play around and yeah, yeah. visit those local mountains that um, the ski resorts are where it's going to be up here especially yeah. but down there you know down in southern New Hampshire Vermont that's going to be another great spot for early season turns. Yeah, for sure. All right, so what what do we got in the forecast here? We were talking about potential for a storm coming up. Some some small stuff. We have an active storm cycle. We have some stuff coming up uh, early this week, but then it looks like a Christmas Eve happening. Yeah, yeah. The trough is lining up for us. Uh, we got a little bit of an impulse tonight or tomorrow, which could contribute a trace to a couple of inches, which. Once we get that uh, alpine area filled in with snow, like a trace of two inches can make a, a difference. Um, you know, we're not talking about blower pow, but we're talking about filling in the terrain, basically, to start making some of these gullies and terrain skiable. Then the next thing, as you said, is uh, on the 31st. So we'll call it Christmas if you're into Christmas or over the holiday period. But um, I was reading the the National Weather Service in gray, the forecasters um, discussion about it. And, uh, you know, he's calling it um, because we're going to be on the warm side of this one with somewhere potentially up to an inch and a half of water involved. 
um, since it's going to be rain, he called it a possible Grinch storm. In, indeed, were his words. So I thought that was pretty funny. Well, um, but yeah, that that for some people will be a Grinch storm. Hopefully, for others, it's uh, an elevation dependency storm. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping that that will pan out. And it'll um, remain cold enough for snow. It's going to be close. It's going to be. I would say on the on the borderline, you know, maybe something where we're getting just wet snow, or God forbid, you know, rain at Pinkham Notch. But we're hoping we'll get uh, we'll keep it as an all snow event up at higher elevations. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, indeed. All right, we'll, we'll wrap this up. We've got um, we'll just quickly plug any sort of events coming up. I, there's in the short term, we have um really excited to see all the people that signed up for this avi kit workshop that josh lemay of senate mountain guides is uh is hosting and it was you know there's enough demand that he had to break it into three separate time slots and there's still a sign up on ski if you go into events for the avi kit workshop you can just put in your information and we'll we'll uh put you in priority when we figure out another date for that workshop um, that's exciting to see people with their with their new new kits, Beacon Shovel Probe, and we just need a little refresher that we can host something free of charge. And it, you know these these last about maybe an hour where you can go through a, a beacon drill and um, you know meet some other people or just go with your partner. And and again, anytime you get a chance to learn from a, a new guide, a new instructor, you'll probably pick up a few extra pieces of information. And again, it's mm-hmm. it's motivation if you do have if you did upgrade your beacon to just play with it, figure out all the, the tools and see how it's working with, um, I guess the, the other beacons and anyway, yeah. so, so that's good. Yeah, to, it's that's amazing. Good. The, it's amazing. The things you can learn, uh, doing these repeatedly. Um, and it's, it's horrifying the things you see on the internet where people aren't good with their beacons and trying to pull off a live, uh, or attempting to pull off a live rescue, just little things like, do I need to take my gloves off? You know, how does my probe work when uh, it gets wrapped around the carrying bag in my pack? Just minor, minor things can turn epic or feel like they're turning epic when your buddy is under the snow. Um, so other events, Andrew, I think that's where you're going with that. Was uh, we've got um, some avalanche awareness talks in the calendar, two in January. Um, Two events on Mondays, January 11th and the 25th. <clears throat> That'll be an awareness talk with uh, Avalanche Geeks, Mike Austin. They'll be calling in again at uh, like one o'clock in the morning from Chamonix to give these talks. So, looking forward to his take on that. Everything is, uh, we all know from watching James Bond movies, everything's better with a Scottish accent. So, that'll be good. And then uh, in February, two more with Pat Scanlon, who is the backcountry ski. Um, like uh, instructor at uh, CBA, so he'll be doing um, those in February, February 18th, and there's another day that's not showing up there. And then we also have um, solving for Z. Uh, maybe have you seen that yet? I've Andrew. So Joe came in the shop, and I saw that it's it's been on YouTube, and I was sort of holding out for this event. Yeah, I think think that would be good, or. I, I didn't know the event was coming here, um, but he's going to be joining us on that night, February 11th, for that um, for that showing. So 
you know whether you you want to wait and watch it with him then or if you've already watched it it's it's a good uh, it's a good good short film and um, he'll be on hand to discuss what what he kind of went through with uh, with the, the events in the movie so that's February 11th a Thursday night at seven excellent well lots of stuff and there'll be more stuff added I'll probably add these to my calendar just so we can reach as many people as possible but um, yeah, well, this is good. All good information. And, you know, for those getting out this week, enjoy it, be safe. Um, and yeah, hopefully check in and for the holidays next week. Yeah, sounds good. And, uh, we'll be cross posting stuff. I know, uh, Andrew, we put your event, the beacon shovel probe on the foundation community calendar, um, the white mountain avalanche community events calendar on, uh, on MWAC's web page. So we'll keep trying to do that. All right. Well, thank but, uh, Yeah. No, thanks, Frank. We, we definitely appreciate it. And um, yeah, there'll be a bunch of notes in this if you made it this far as to all the resources that we talked about. And again, any questions that any listeners have, send them, send them my way. Um, all that information again is in the description. So have a safe week and we'll talk soon. Okay. See you, Andrew. Have a good week.